So, I don't know about you all, but I had a season in my faith journey where when I would read the Sermon on the Mount, I would kind of go, oh, that Jesus, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. Like, what a nice message. <laughs> Did you guys ever experience that? I'm embarrassed about it now, but... Like, that's nice kind of pie in the sky, but what does it have to do with real life? Yeah, kind of like, oh, what a, what a, a bunch of nice things he said. What a yeah. nice guy yeah. Jesus said. He's so nice. The world around us is full of false choices. That temptation to be us versus them, for or against, in or out. But what does it really look like for followers of Jesus to engage in the messiness of life, the gray issues of faith, to truly allow our lives to conform to the gospel? Join us as we try to figure it out. We are the Brian and Janelle Podcast. Hey there, Brian and Janelle podcast listeners. Brian here with a quick item for you before we get to the main content in today's episode. I'm super excited to tell you about a brand new podcast series I created in partnership with Moody Radio that's available starting right now. It's called The Grandfather Effect. And here's the quick backstory. I only have really one strong memory of my paternal grandfather, Tom. And it was when my dad and I were standing shoulder to shoulder in a crowded room right in front of his open casket. And I remember standing there a bit mystified because you see, Grandpa Tom had lived only about 15 miles away from my house growing up. And yet I never saw him. He never talked to me, called me, never came to birthday parties. He was no part of our life. He had disowned my family when I was about three years old and my family was left with lots of questions. Because from our perspective, the reason he disowned us didn't seem to make much sense. The circumstances were so seemingly trivial, it just didn't add up. So what happened? Well, about five years ago, I decided to try to find out. And that journey became much more complicated than I could have possibly imagined. And I chronicled the entire thing with a recorder in my hand and take you along in the journey. The podcast series is called The Grandfather Effect. Would you consider giving it a listen? I'd be super grateful for your support. And if you like what you hear, maybe you'd be willing to leave a a nice review or even tell a friend about it. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Thanks a lot. So... I sat through a sermon series a number of years ago where the pastor took Matthew 5, like one little Mm -hmm. phrase at a time, Mm -hmm. and it rocked my world. It also caused someone that I talk about fairly regularly, Sky Jatani, he's a pastor and speaker. Yeah. He wrote a book essentially on a big portion of Jesus' teaching from from the Gospels. Yeah. But the Sermon on the Mount. And the title is, What If Jesus Was Serious? Like, I was confronted at some point in my faith journey, like, wait, I'm supposed to do all that? (laughs) <laughs> like it's a yeah. It, it should rock your world when you read it. Mm-hmm. It should. It should. You, you should read it and go. Oh no! Yes. I'm not doing that. Yes. Yeah. 
What's that? A whole lot of it. A whole lot. It's specifically with the Beatitudes that happened to me after reading. We have her on all the time. Nancy Kane's book, Stages of the Soul. The whole book is about the Beatitudes. And it's like, this is all of what you should be versus what I was doing before. Like, oh, I'm not in that group. I'm not in that. I'm in this group. No, like a Christian should be all of those. But that's what a life transformed by Christ is supposed to be. And what I experienced is what I think a lot of people do in their journey with Christ. It's like you learn about salvation. You're like, yeah, I'll take that. I believe in Jesus. I believe he rose from the dead. I'll follow him. Amen. And then you're like, wow, isn't it cool how Jesus fits perfectly with all the things I've already been thinking? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Boy, no wonder I'm a Christian. Yeah. Like, he wants me because, like, I fit really well. <laughs> yeah. And then, so messed up. And then over time, you realize how much of a mess you are yeah. and how much you need a Savior. And I got to the point where I was really humbled by the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. And it got me to my passion for Romans 12, too, where mm-hmm. it's that where it's not just you you give your heart to Christ. It's Paul talks about Romans 12, too. You give your mind to, yes. to the Lord. You don't just give it to him and go, isn't it great how much I'm already like you? Mm-hmm. No, it's going to transform you into a new person. It's going to change the way you think. Yep. So that's why I like taking everyday things mm-hmm. that real people encounter and saying, how do I, as a follower of Christ, live this out in my life? Yes. And I think it's often our everyday life encounters that are reflective of Christ, more so than the opportunities we have to evangelize. Because oh, yeah. the chances you have in life to legitimately talk to a stranger and give them the law and the gospel, Mm -hmm. it's not as often as we would like it to be. Mm -hmm. But we certainly have a chance to be a light for Christ, salt and light. Mm -hmm. Let our good works so shine for others Mm -hmm. that they can see our Father in heaven. So that's where it comes into a story from the New York Times a guy wrote into some advice columnist about what do I do about what happened to me a couple times on an airplane? I feel like I've been treated unfairly. Oh, that was his tone. Because I was going to say, man, yeah. that's really good that he's even asking. It must be bothering him. I mean, this guy's a planner. We're going to share a story in just a minute. But oh, I want that. Man. want you to have it through the lens of like, what should I do as a Christian okay. if this happened to me? So we're chatting about an everyday situation where I'm convinced as a follower of Christ, your ambassadorship for him yeah. is most on display as you live out your everyday life. There are dramatic moments where faith is overtly part of what you're doing, but... Mm-hmm. It's while you're in line at the gas station. It's while you're at the grocery store, talking to your neighbor, or in this case, on an airplane. Somebody wrote to the New York Times, said, I'm an organized person. When I travel, I book my flights well in advance. This usually lets me claim my preferred seat on the aisle in the bulkhead row. I have long legs, and those seats tend to provide more leg room. Not that I have to justify myself. And this brings me to my problem. The last two times I've flown, a steward asked me to change seats to accommodate a parent flying alone with small children. My moving would allow them to sit together. But I didn't want to move. They could have booked in advance, too. So I politely refused, and several passengers made nasty comments. Was I wrong to hold my ground? Dorian in Sandusky, what are your thoughts? I think I'm also a preacher as well. I think that uh, he is within his right to retain his seat. Why is that? I think sometimes, you know, we have a false humility, and we want to perceive what Christ would do. But I also believe that Christ calls us to maturity. So I think this gentleman showed some maturity in being able to plan his trip ahead and do things decent and in order. 
And I think, you know, when we think about the Gospels, we have to sometimes realize that Christ is calling for us to be mature Christians. And maybe the person with the small children didn't plan ahead and they didn't think about those things, which they should have, because they it's not the first time they've had small children. They've had to deal with this situation over and over and over again. So, you know, I kind of lean with him. I understand, you know, that you know, the false humility would be to get up and give up your seat. I understand how that would look in front of everybody else. But I think also there's, there's a maturity piece that's, that's missing there that we have to display as well. Dorian, how do you define false humility? Well, I think sometimes we do things so it looks good in front of other people. Oh, mm-hmm. So it's right. a heart thing, right? So only the guy would know. Correct. Okay. Oh, okay. I have a couple of things I'd like to chat about with you. Do you have time to sit with us? Sure. Because I'm so glad you called because this yeah. is what makes conversations interesting. I mean, right. if everyone agrees, boring. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Step n- number one would be to add a twist to this. I've flown with kids before, not often, because it's too expensive to mm-hmm. buy tickets for little people, in my opinion. Right. So my wife and I, a number of years ago, my parents were like, hey, we'll go to Disney World. We'll pay for the tickets if you guys get yourself there. We're like, awesome. So we had three little kids, all small. I mean, like, mm-hmm. can't be alone, kind of small. I booked my tickets a year in advance because I'm just that awkward of a guy. Okay. And I booked it through a, tra- you know, like Travelocity or something. Well, lo and behold, we get really close to the flight. It's canceled, rescheduled, lost my seats. Oh. And mm. on both my first flight and my connecting flight. Wow. And so I got to the ticket counter and I had to sweetly beg and plead that I could, that could they help me find someone to move so I could sit with my kids. And the, the reason I had to ask for that was not because I didn't plan ahead. I probably planned ahead more than everybody else in that airplane. Okay. But there's no fault of my own. That it got changed. Right. And so I think I think one of the false presumptions here is that the parent was automatically irresponsible. I don't think we can presume that because I know I've been in the exact opposite situation. So let's I, presume that the, 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 the parent did plan ahead and and without their influence or, or, or knowledge, things were changed and they lost their seats. Does that change it for you at all? Well, I guess I could kind of see your point. But then again, there's another presumption, right? Okay. That the other gentleman didn't go through the same process. What do you mean? Right? Like, like that he didn't plan? Or? No, that he have gotten moved around as well. So now you got two people in the same situation. Well, but we actually know the situation. The person said that they didn't have to move. It's just the seat they planned ahead for. So right. they, they picked the seat in advance. They, they sit down. They don't want to move for somebody else. But I, I think the next layer of this, though, for us would be what principle in scripture or specific teaching would guide you to say that the Christian thing to do would be to politely say, no, I, I really don't want to move for this person? That is good. I, I would have to think about that one. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to give you a, a scripture out of context. Awesome. Yeah, no, fa- that fair would, enough. That would be, I would actually have to consider and really think about but just off the cuff, like the conversation, uh, you guys obviously have had more time to think about. This. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I'm looking at both sides of it. And I understand, you know, the single parenthood, you know, and I understand that piece. And I understand, you know, your personal perspective in regards to that, because it, you know, it relates from your experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But as a witness to that, how do I gauge that if I don't know your experience? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, most often we really don't know what the other person's situation is, yeah. right? So as yeah. followers of Christ, we right. have to then decide what must we presume about the other. This person presumed the other person was irresponsible. 
what would the scriptures dictate that we presume about others? I mean, are, are we to presume the worst in them or the best in them? Well, we're, 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 we're to presume the best, but then again, we would be, it doesn't really state in what you described that he presumed the worst in them. Well, it, 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 it actually just, does, it, though. I right. mean, because he said that they could have booked in advance, too, which is a clear assumption that they didn't book in advance. Oh, okay. Good point. I might have missed that part. Good me point. Too. Yeah. This is why it's good to talk <laughs> about these things, though. And I have the thing in front of me. You don't. So yeah. it's easy to right. miss those kind of things. Does that right. change at all for you? Yeah. yeah. I think your previous caller talked about her brother-in-law being 6'7". You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm six feet myself. and You know. You know <laughs> yeah. It, it gets a little tight in those seats, and you're talking hours of uncomfortability. Ooh, that's a tight one. In my own self, I probably would have moved. But I, I, I see the other side as well, though. And that's why I'm so glad you called, because Ron brought that up, too, because it's not that the person doesn't have legitimate reasons to stay. I mean, yeah. he does have legitimate reasons. He planned ahead. He was polite in his refusal, which yeah. we ought to be kind to others. Sounds like he kindly did it. Mm-hmm. And as right. Ron said, I mean, somebody else could have moved, couldn't they? Why does it have to be him? Yeah. But right. again, this is why I love to talk about these things, because this is where our faith comes to fruition. Like, we have to be able to know and be able to process through how the Lord would guide us to make these decisions. Yeah. And I totally right. get where you're coming from. You'd need time to think through the principle in Scripture. But I hope that challenges those who agree with you to do the very same thing. Or maybe mm-hmm. someone can call that already has it figured out. Yeah. Dorian, thank you so much for taking time to call yeah. us and, uh, and have a discussion on this. It makes the show better when folks like you call. Thank you. Amen. Have a great day. You too, thank Dorian. You, you know, I, I really appreciate his not wanting to just throw some verses out there out yeah. of context. Yeah. It shows that he's a preacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he yeah. values the word of God and doesn't want to misuse it. That's right. The only thing that I challenge, though, is why is them planning ahead, even if we're believers, a factor, right? Because if we're called to love our enemies, below that, obviously, is those who don't deserve for me to love them or for me to be nice to them or love them sacrificially. So even if I knew, okay, you didn't plan ahead. It's inconvenient to me. I'm tall. All of that is still no reason to factor into should I give you my seat as a believer. The Bible said we says we should present our bodies as living sacrifice. We should try to outdo each other in honoring each other, really love your neighbor. So all of that kind of cancels out the reason why I should give it out. What does the gospel say? Right. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. And the Lord gives us grace and loves us while we were still sinners. Our works don't save us. Right. So we want to feel justified as followers of Christ, but we aren't justified. Christ is through us. Yeah. What do you think about this situation? Somebody planned ahead, wanted to give, uh, they were asking up their seat to a single parent with uh, children on an airplane, and they were like, they politely declined, got hassled by other travelers. They said, did I do the right thing? What would you say as a follower of Christ? Dorian spiced it up with a mm-hmm. dissenting opinion from the others who had called. What about you? We are convinced around here that to take that next step and walk with Christ, we've got to examine today's issues from a biblical perspective. We talk about it all the time. And we're convinced that the scriptures should transform you. The new you, as you get closer to Jesus, should look nothing like the old you, Mm -hmm. no matter whether you're raised in a Christian home or not. Mm -hmm. Okay, So if that's the case, everyday life is when I think rubber meets the road for our faith often. Jean in Chardon, what are your thoughts? Many times the Lord asks us to do things. We already know a lot of times of what God would do or Jesus would do. 
But even when we plan, how many times does Jesus say and take you out of your comfort zone and ask you to do things? Mm -hmm. And I think this is still part of that situation where you could plan all you want, but when God asks you to do something that you know that, quote, Jesus would do, Mm -hmm. why aren't you doing it? And if you're not doing it, are you being obedient to the Lord or not? I I mean, they have long legs, Gene. It'd be really uncomfortable to move. Yeah, but there's many times that we have to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. If it's not like an 18-hour flight, um, if it's a short flight, or you can even ask someone else, to move or see if they can find you a better seat. But if you are a Christian and you know it's something that either Jesus would do or the right thing to do, why not do it? It's Brian from the Brian and Janelle podcast. Want to hit pause real quick to ask for your help on something. Thank you so much for listening when there's so many other options out there. In fact, As you know, it can be oftentimes really hard this day and age to find quality Christian content in the podcast universe. That's why we'd be grateful if you'd consider spreading the word about the Brian and Janelle podcast. I mean, you know how it is. You find your favorite podcast, you listen to it, you're used to it, and you assume everyone knows about it. When the reality is most of the great podcasts I found out about over the years have come from direct recommendations from either podcast hosts or from other just friends of mine who tell me to listen to something. So maybe today you'd consider telling a friend about the Brian and Janelle podcast. We'd be super grateful. Let's get back to the show. This person being transformed right now as we talk about (laughs) Romans 12 too. He says, or she, oh boy, I'm so convicted right now. I was once asked to move for a family so they could sit with their kids. I made that very assumption and said no, because I paid extra for the seat. I had no idea that what you said, Brian, could happen. I also was feeling race may have been a factor because the family was white and I'm black. After I said no, I watched the flight attendant ask someone else to move and she didn't. From now on, Mm. I will move. But see, this is why we talk about these things. What you're saying, I think, is a holy conviction. It's Mm -hmm. like we we can't plan ahead in these things, but we can talk about them as we learn about them and just try to decide how our lives can more conform to Christ. Yeah. And yeah, perhaps that's why the Lord had me go through that horrible trauma. It was terrible flying from Chicago to Charlotte and from Charlotte to Orlando when we had no seats together for the five of us. It was so stressful, you guys. And I planned ahead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. Aaron in Parma, what are your thoughts, Aaron? Hi. So I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. Oh, good. And think about, okay, what if I saw the opportunity to share the gospel with kids? And as a teacher, I think I connect well with kids and see them as a way to, you know, just share Jesus' light on. And so, man, it's like, what if I use that flight? to share the gospel with the kids. (laughs) And I know the mom might not enjoy that or whatever it is, but that's my highest priority is sharing the gospel. And so what if I use the flight to kind of do that? So so, so that's my heart in it. If I understand you right, what you'd be saying is you, another option could be volunteer to have one of the kids sit next to you and then, and be like, Hey, you can have a break, mom. I'll, I'll, I'll watch the kid. Right. 
I think it's yeah, a legit yeah. alternative I, I because it's a Christ-like kind of thing. However, mm-hmm. you'd be hard-pressed to find a mom who would allow that, uh, I think. Yeah. yeah. The more the more you would offer, Aaron, the more I'd be like, uh, no, I don't know right. you. What are you going to do to my kid? I know. <laughs> but I love right, your heart. Sure. You know, it's just the mom's perspective is different. Be- because, I, you yeah. know, what, what, what it sounds like you're doing is saying, well, there might not only be one Christ-like option. Yeah. There could oh, be yes. others. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So I heard the pastor before and I was just thinking, okay, what if, you know, I did, what if there was a way that I could stay on the flight and still be kind of Christ-like? Now that it might not be resembling Christ to refuse to, you know, give up my seat and put others first, right? But um, if my heart, you know, God knows my heart, and so if my heart is to share the gospel with the kids, and then what if it does lead to that, um, and that was the situation, then I would rather stay yeah. on uh, my seat than than give it up. But again, just playing devil's advocate there. No, and that you know, I like if you listen, which mm-hmm. it sounds like you do. You know, I like that. Yeah. 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 Right. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. That's how we think. I, we have I, to look at every angle. Right. Uh, yesterday, we had Pastor Morrison on talking about how we are more compassionate with situations or people that we kind of relate to more. This is what the feeling I'm getting when you're talking about, well, look, this is what happened to me. And if you understood the situation, it would make it easier. But aren't there a whole lot of situations that we will never understand is that the question to ask in terms of, should I love sacrificially in this situation? Whether you understand it or not, or can relate or not, or it makes sense to you or not, yeah. we're still called to love sacrificially. Well, and you, you mentioned Jesus' words in Matthew 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. where he talks about loving your enemies. And, his, and the, yeah. the, the Janelle version is really effective. Would you mind sh- sharing how you described I can do it for you if you don't remember. Yeah. Well, I know I said if it's inconvenient, yeah, exactly. Love it. If it's if it's uncomfortable, yeah, love them. If they didn't plan, if they don't make sense, love that. If you love what makes sense to you or what's convenient or your friend. That's easy. Yeah. Everybody does that. I'm calling you to love when it's uncomfortable, to love your enemy. That's what Jesus is calling us to do. So all of these reasons and reasoning to me it's kind of defeating the purpose of what we're called to do. We're called as believers to love when it doesn't make sense. That's what should stand out to the world. Like the taller you are, the more you should get up and be like, of course you can have my seat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way I'm reading what you Jesus said. You want Shaq said. to move? <laughs> Let's go to Amy in Grove City, Pennsylvania. Love hearing from our friends in Pennsylvania. Amy, what say you about moving seats in this situation? Yes, I had a opposite situation where I was asked to move for a husband and wife that got their seats moved and I was traveling for business by myself. So I graciously moved and I got so much grief from the other businessmen on the flight. What? Why would you move? How dare you move? You booked ahead. You're a business person on this flight. You know how horrible it is to travel. Why would you give up your seat? And I was like, really? I said, I'm traveling by myself. It's not a big deal. I mean, yes, I booked ahead. I planned my seat. But however, this couple wanted to be together. And I thought, this is not a big deal, and I understand being uncomfortable, but how uncomfortable was Christ coming to earth, becoming human, hmm. dying on the cross? Yeah. Did you, you say know, that? We're that, looking that, at a 10-hour flight. I looked at the gentleman, and I said, if you were traveling with your spouse and you got separated by no fault of your own, 
would you wish somebody give up their seat for you? What did they say? And they just looked at me and went, no. I mean, they were very, like, seasoned, (laughs) curmudgeon businessmen that just, you know, were in it for themselves. Wow. (laughs) Good for you, though. I never even would have thought that that would happen. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I get it. That makes sense. It it sounds like you did the best you could, and it sounds like you you would say the person should have moved in this situation. Yes, I would. um, I understand my husband was six four and a big guy, mm-hmm. uh, football player, and it was very uncomfortable for him to not be in the larger seats. But at the same time, how are we presenting Christ to the world? That's right. And do, did we impact? You know, one of those businessmen. Did we impact the person we moved for through Christ? Amen. Thank you for the mm-hmm. call, Amy. Keep spreading the word in Grove City about the morning show. We'd love to have them listen, more of them like you. Uh, but this is, I think, a demonstration of what we are about here. Yeah. Like, we want you to take that next step in your walk with Christ. And it, maybe it's going to be in some little things in your life. But I've always loved the phrase Martin Luther used years ago mm-hmm. when he would have rather taken back his writing so he wouldn't be excommunicated and probably killed. Mm-hmm. But he looked and he and he uncomfortably had to say his conscience is captive to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Whether he likes it or not, he's got to follow his godly conscience. And I think if you look at scripture, we're hard pressed to do uncomfortable things mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Here's one of the most uncomfortable parts, I think, of the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, starting at verse 40, Jesus says, And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go a mile... Go with them too. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from those who wants to borrow from you. What if he was serious about that? Mm-hmm. You ever considered it? Wow. Like, I've re- I used to read those and go, wow, that's mm-hmm. pretty extreme. But what if he's serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does that mean for your life? How about when he said in Luke 6, and as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. There's many other examples, but... One of the more profound ones, I think, comes to us from Philippians as well. Mm-hmm. Philippians 2. Oh, I love that one. Verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain mm-hmm. conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Mm-hmm. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Uh, if I'm being honest, I don't like that. Right. It's like, if I've planned ahead, I've got my seat, it's comfortable, da-da. I'm hard-pressed looking at these passages, multiple verses sending the same message that you are radically generous and considerate of others. I'm hard-pressed to find anything that would say that I should be able to stay in my seat. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'm wrong. You search the scriptures for yourself. You let your conscience be captive to the word of God. Not Janelle. Hell <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, don't listen to her. <laughs> that would be a traumatic experience. All right, so uh, somebody's texting to ask $100 from me. Be sacrificial. Talk to my wife. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget, if you like what you hear on a weekly basis, we'd be grateful for your ratings and reviews wherever you listen. And also subscribe so you get the latest episodes. Follow us wherever you are on social media and search for us online. We're at brianandjanelle.org. 
Don't miss our weekday morning show with conversations just like this. You can listen on the Moody Radio mobile app or again at our website, brianandjanelle.org. Special thanks to the talented team of individuals who tirelessly put together this podcast every week. Josue Villa, Mike Reynolds, and Ron Eastwood. The Brian and Janelle Podcast is a production of WCRF Moody Radio Cleveland. Until next time, we're Brian and Janelle.